0: And now we find ourselves at the end of the first nine months of 2022, with 93 days remaining until the conclusion. Somehow, this particular 24-hour period is International Podcast Day, which I can assure you does not come with prizes. However, if you've never heard the sonic version of this newsletter, consider listening to the voices of the people whose quotes make up the next 2,500 words or so. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, over 50,000 people have voted so far in this year's general election. The fourth round of a Charlottesville business grant program is complete. Piedmont Virginia Community College's president says hello to the Albemarle Board of Supervisors. Albemarle staff are seeking input on the county's next strategic plan, and participants in a site plan review for a development in Frye's Spring express frustration over the seeming lack of progress toward getting a sidewalk on Stribling Avenue. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, Camp Albemarle has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a civilian conservation corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every fourth and fifth grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting campalbemarlevaorg donate. We are now in election season and in the first seven days of early voting, 57,181 people have cast their ballots in Virginia by mail or in-person absentee. That's according to data from the Department of Elections processed by the Virginia Public Access Project. That's 800 people in Albemarle, 413 in Charlottesville, 552 in Fluvanna, 271 in Greene, 722 in Louisa, and 244 people in Nelson. You can register to vote up until October 17th, and there's registration information in the newsletter. Since the beginning of the pandemic, the city's Office of Economic Development has been distributing funding to businesses through a series of grant programs, The fourth round of the Building Resilience Among Charlottesville Entrepreneurs grant is complete and $93,000 in brace money has been handed out. Here's a section from a press release. The program received 86 applications totaling over $550,000 in business expenses incurred during the application period. After a thorough review, OED awarded 85 grants to small businesses and organizations that met the guidelines. The amount ranged from $500 to the full $2,000. This time around, nearly 40% of the recipients were first-time recipients. There's a new person in charge of Piedmont Virginia Community College. Dr. Jean Runyon became the sixth president on July 1st, and she addressed the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors earlier this month.
1: Um, Before coming to Piedmont Virginia Community College, I had the privilege to serve at three comprehensive community colleges, two in Maryland, one in Colorado, and coming back to Virginia is like coming home.
0: Runyon's father served in the U.S. Navy and was based in the Hampton Roads area for much of that time. She takes this new position at a time when PVCC is celebrating its 50th anniversary.
1: When I think about our students, since we opened our doors in 1972, about 250,000 students have come through our doors. 17,000 students have earned certificates and degrees, and others have joined um, opportunities through workforce and our academic
0: programs. PVCC will be launching a strategic planning process in October. As Dr. Runyon's appearance was wrapping up, Supervisor Chair Donna Price had this observation:
1: PPCC has been recognized as the number one community college for veterans in the Commonwealth. not Nova, not you know, not up in Northern Virginia, not Tidewater. Um, I'm retired Navy, spent my last six, seven years down in Tidewater, but here in Central Virginia.
0: President Runyon will appear before Charlottesville City Council at their meeting on Monday, beginning at 4 p.m. One big topic here on Charlottesville Community Engagement is planning. There are comprehensive plans, long-range transportation plans, regional transit vision plans, climate action plans, and so much more. There are also strategic plans, and Albemarle County is in the midst of creating one to guide the next five years – Christy Shifflett is the Director of Performance and Strategic Planning for Albemarle County.
1: We have many plans in our community that drive work and progress, and we really want to connect those things better and be able to align that work and so this big-picture thinking allows our services to remain adaptable as our community and environment changes.
0: Albemarle supervisors reviewed a draft strategic plan at their meeting on September 21st. Now that plan and its six goals are available for community members to provide feedback. The elected officials will get another look in October before the work feeds into the budget process.
1: And then that goes into our five-year plan our long-range planning in November that really guides our financial planning.
0: Some of the specifics called out in the plan show the direction the county is headed in. New goal number three is infrastructure and placemaking and calls for the creation of a public works department to help take care of public right-of-way. The new goal number four calls for an update of the county's economic development plan and to enhance access to parkland in the urban areas. The new goal number five calls for greater support for Albemarle County schools as well as workforce development efforts. The newest supervisor, Jim Andrews of the Samuel Miller District, said he wanted language that encouraged civic engagement.
2: I guess I'll come from the perspective of someone who is chosen to run for this office uh, as a service to the community and recognizing our community engagement uh, and the importance of it, and the importance of civic engagement. And what we can do as a community to ensure that, I think is an invaluable service to our future. And so I wanted to see if there was a way which somehow we could capture in the strategic plan that, that we're doing community and civic engagement, community building. Um, and recognizing our, our role as a community builder.
0: As a community member, you get to have your say too. Take a look at the draft and weigh in on the survey on the county's website. The forum closes on October 11th. There's a link to the strategic plan development website in the newsletter. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for two quick shout-outs. Code for Charlottesville is seeking volunteers with tech, data, design, and research skills to work on community service projects. Founded in September of 2019, Code for Charlottesville has worked on projects with the Legal Aid Justice Center, the Charlottesville Fire Department, and the Charlottesville Office of Human Rights. Visit codeforseville.org to learn about those projects and get involved. The third one comes from another Patreon supporter who wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist. Whether that be in the Daily Progress, Charlottesville Tomorrow, Seville Weekly, NBC 29, CBS 19, or WINA or some other place I haven't mentioned, the community depends on a network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today and get as many perspectives as you can. Five months have passed since the Charlottesville City Council approved a rezoning in the Fry's Spring neighborhood for nearly 170 units on land currently undeveloped. Members of the community expressed frustration at a recent site plan meeting when they learned planning work may not yet have begun on infrastructure improvements tied to council's decision to allow higher density. Here is Chris, one of several people on a site plan review call, held on September 14th. I'm flabbergasted that we have moved to this point without anything being done. Staff in Charlottesville's Department of Neighborhood Development Services continue to review the preliminary site plan for 240 Stribling, a 169-unit development made possible earlier this year when City Council approved a rezoning for about 12 acres of land in the Fry Spring neighborhood. Half of the units will be townhomes, and the other half will be multifamily apartments. Matt Alfily is a city planner with the City of Charlottesville, who hosted the call.
2: The density, the number of buildings, location of the building. So basically, the, the layout that went through the PUD development plan is the layout that was approved by City Council. So at this stage, at the site plan stage, what staff is looking for is to make sure they meet the requirements laid out in the PUD development plan, and they meet the requirements laid out in the code
0: in uh, relation to engineering stormwater. Alphaly said site plans must be approved if they meet technical requirements and are not up for discretionary review. One of the conditions in the rezoning was that Southern Development would pay up to $2.9 million for improvements to Stribling in order for the roadway to become less rural and more urban. Currently, there is no sidewalk. Southern Development has not yet been issued a permit to disturb the land. The preliminary site plan has to be approved first, and the company has to provide the funding for the improvements to Stribling. That work, however, does not have to be complete or even underway for dirt to move. Alfali said the city's public works department is coordinating those improvements, but Alfali didn't have any information at the September 14th meeting.
2: My understanding is there's not been any movement yet um, on that as far as there's not been any design or retention of any uh, uh, design teams.
0: Charlie Armstrong, vice president of Southern Development, said the roadway is important to the overall project. The project will also connect to Morgan Court, a cul-de-sac in the adjacent Huntley planned unit development. Homes there are still being built out, and the entire roadway is not yet in the city's system. That's
1: not a part of this project, and it really can't be because we don't have any uh, ownership or authority over the Huntley streets, Um, but we are happy to help uh, in making something happen there if if we can, either after those become city streets or with the agreement with the Huntley developer.
0: Many speakers on the call were concerned that there was no movement to get Stribbling improved. Armstrong said it is a priority. That's uh sidewalk
1: project was discussed over several years as we went through some, some of the um, discretionary approvals for this particular project. The difference is that this is a private development project. It's not a, the city is not undertaking this development. Um, and Stribling Avenue is a city street. We don't own it. So anything that needs to be done along there had to be uh, either conducted or, or very
0: closely coordinated with the city. Armstrong said the project will likely require the city to purchase additional right-of-way for drainage. The way we're dissipating is by funding it. No one from Public Works was on the call to answer questions. That frustrated one woman named Diane.
1: Why is the city of Charlottesville dragging their feet to get this Stribbling Avenue improvement done? Because once your project is done and then Stribbling Avenue isn't done, it is a huge safety priority. Huge.
0: Diane said she understood that Neighborhood Development Services will not build the improvements.
1: We're not talking to a different department. We're talking to you guys. You too. And if it's a different department, why is that department not on this call to answer these questions?
2: This is a private development. It's not related to the street improvements.
1: But it is. <laughs>
0: Armstrong said the development's construction should not be held up if the city is unable to build the sidewalk first.
1: We can't fix all of the city's issues, and to stop new housing in the city exacerbates other significant problems that the city really has to consider.
0: A lawsuit was filed against city council for this rezoning back in May, but that suit has not yet been served to the city. A request for more information from the city was not responded to by publication time, and I do hope to have the names of those two individuals in an update of this newsletter, which you can see by the time it gets to Information Charlottesville. Information Charlottesville is, of course, a site that is an archive for everything you see here on Charlottesville Community Engagement, but there's no talking and no quotes. So much for International Podcast Day. And that's the end of this installment of the program number 438. It's the end of the month, the end of the week and the end of this installment. This also marks the third time there's been an episode on September 30th to celebrate International Podcast Day. Go back and listen to installment number 58 or 254 or just listen to this one again in reverse. The next installment of this newsletter will likely be out on Monday, depending on how far I get to today, and so there's still a chance it may come out tomorrow. I want to spend some time on the Planning Commission and City Council meeting from earlier this week. The City of Charlottesville is about to become more dense, but is it prepared? There's so much to get to, and your paid subscription through Substack helps me keep going. And if you do subscribe through Substack, Ting will match your initial payment whether that be $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year. The first two of those will give you first look at premium content, and the third gives you two shoutouts a month, though that system will be revamped in the coming months. If you sign up for Ting through a link in the newsletter, what do you get? Free standard insulation, a $75 downtown mall gift card, your second month for free. Enter the promo code COMMUNITY to get those benefits, and thank you, Ting. Music in the podcast. Who's it come from? Vrocky. That's a musical entity, and you can download that album, Regret Everything on Bandcamp. Pay what you want, and thank you to Vrocky. We hope for more music from Vrocky whenever he is going to be shocking? I don't know. I'm ad-libbing now. Finally today, want to know when the next edition is going to come out? Follow Town Crier Productions on Twitter at twitter.com slash Seville at Seville Town Crier or just shout out your window and maybe someone will respond. Probably not me. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Thank you very much and see you next time. Goodbye.